Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts, my name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so this episode um, is a little different. There's not a whole bunch of like prior details regarding um, the victim's life. So we're kind of just going to jump right into the nitty gritty. But before we start, this case mentions sexual assault. So listener discretion is advised. This story involves Lindy Sue Beechler. I really hope I'm saying that right. Born on January 31st of 1956 to Eleanor M. Tanger Gizzi and Wayne Little. I am unsure of Lindy's relationship with her father, but I do know that I do know that through him she had one half brother. When Lindy's parents got divorced, Lindy lived with her mom, and it seemed that her and her father did maintain a relationship though. We do know that growing up, it was said that Lindy was a light and a joy. Everyone wanted to be around her. This brings us to 1975 when Lindy was a beautiful young newlywed at just 19 years old. She was full of life and so excited to spend the rest of hers with her husband, Philip. They lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania in an apartment complex called Spring Manor, which to me sounds like a nursing home name, but... Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, but it was an apartment complex. It was near the college that Philip attended, so it was perfect for the new couple. Lindy worked at a local flower shop, while on top of being a student, Philip also worked at Hertz, which is a car rental place. So this had him gone in the evenings, leaving Lindy home alone. This left Lindy feeling uneasy, and she even told some friends and family that she felt she was being watched and followed. I do not like that. I know, you're really not going to like this one. (laughs) I do not like that. I should have put a trigger warning solely for For me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm scared. Um, Their apartment was on the first floor of the complex, and Lindy said she even thought she saw someone looking into their sliding glass door once. I just absolutely would not. Are you going to close the blinds? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) I probably won't say anything this entire episode except for I'm frightened. (laughs) I'm just going to say that if Darian wasn't already home from work, I would have stayed here until I got (laughs) home with you, just because I knew. I'm Um, scared. Heather really does not like these things. I don't like these stories. These ones spook me out too bad. Yeah, sorry, but but this brings us to December 5th of 1975. Lindy had a normal day at work. After her shift was over, she went to visit Philip while he was at work, and after she visited her husband, she went grocery shopping. This was until about 7.15 p.m. when she arrived home with her groceries. Her aunt and uncle were in the area to go to their niece's basketball game, and they went to Lindy's apartment. This is where a couple sources said a couple different things. Some of the sources said that they went there to see if she wanted to go to the basketball game, while others said that they went there um, after the basketball game to see her, which I'm kind of leaning towards, like, the latter, because this was around 8.40 p.m., and I don't don't think basketball games run that late, or start that late, I mean, but... I don't know. I know some sports start pretty late, but I think it probably just depends. Yeah, which it could be either, I don't really know. I just want to add both in there, because... Yeah, everyone said different things. But I believe that they stopped by also because they 
knew that she was uncomfortable being there alone at night. So when her uncle Merle and her aunt Celeste pulled into the apartment complex around 840, Aunt Celeste went into the apartment to get Lindy, or to see her, we don't really know, but she realized that the apartment door wasn't locked. And obviously, in aunt fashion, she just walked in. And unfortunately, this is where she found Lindy on the floor in her kitchen dead. Lindy had been stabbed multiple times in the chest, abdomen, and neck, and had an 8-inch butcher knife sticking out of her neck with a tea towel wrapped around it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. The amount of times she was stabbed depend on which article you read. Some were like 9 times, some were like 19 times. Oh. So I don't... That's so strange that yeah, the story has so many different... There's really, like, not a whole lot. So it was it was kind of difficult, but during the investigation, it was found that Lindy had been sexually assaulted and that her attacker's semen was on her underwear, as well as two blood spots on her pantyhose that belonged to the attacker. The autopsy revealed that she did, in fact, fight for her life uh, and put up quite a fight. Unfortunately, none of her neighbors were home at the time, but since there was no sign of forced entry, investigators believe that Lindy may have known her attacker or that they were possibly already in the house, with some believing that they had a key to the apartment. Hmm. Others think that they may have just slipped in behind her as she was bringing in groceries because they're unsure if there was if she went to her car back and forth twice or if mm-hmm. it was just once. Um, there was still groceries sitting on the dining room table when her aunt got in as well as a footprint near the kitchen. They ruled out robbery as a motive because nothing appeared to be missing, but Mm -hmm. sexual assault is still a possibility of the attack. Lindy had been stabbed with two separate knives, one being her own, which was found in her neck, and the other belonging to the attacker who took it with them, and it was unfortunately never recovered. As most cases go, Philip, her husband, was the main suspect But he obviously had a pretty strong alibi since he was at work at the time of her attack. On December 9th of 1975, uh, a newspaper reported that police were asking for information on a car that was double parked near the apartment complex around the time of her attack. Bystanders said the car's headlights were on and it was described as a dark colored standard size American car. I just would absolutely not. I wouldn't be able to do anything with that description. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I'm not a car person, so that could definitely have something to do with it. But if you told me that, I'd be like, I have no idea what car I'm looking for right now. Right. Which it just seems like, I know with the Michael Devlin case, didn't that one kid, he was like a car enthusiast and like, I believe it was oh, yeah. his, where he like, he was like, oh, I know exactly what kind of car that was. I just could not. I, I don't think I could either. I mean, like maybe with some, if it's a car I like. But if it was just some average, like, mid-2000s car, I would probably yeah, be SOL. I would be like, well, it could have been silver, but it could have been silver gold. Right. Or it could have been gray. I'm not sure. Yeah. One of those colors. Right. And what kind of car? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah, which, like, I'm sure they were, like, trying to help. But, unfortunately, this led to nowhere. Uh, by February of that year, they reported that police had interviewed 200 to 300 people. Wow. And they believed that the killer was still in the area. There was a serial rapist in the area at this time who was 18 years old, and they suspected it might be him, but found no links connecting the two. And unfortunately, or fortunately, he died in July of 1976 while trying to escape jail. 
A couple months later, a lady named Mary, who was 43 years old, was killed with multiple stab wounds in Columbia, Pennsylvania. This was only 15 miles from where Lindy was killed. Mary's killer was found and arrested, but authorities were not able to find any links between Lindy's case and this killer. Lindy's case went cold. A couple years after her tragic murder, while Lindy's family was visiting her gravesite, they arrived to find that it was vandalized with what appeared to be little dashes taken out, I assume with like a knife or a chisel or something, to represent knife stabs, and Mm. red paint thrown on it. That's disgusting. Literally. And like, if this wasn't the murderer who did it, sick. Sick, disgusting person. Yeah. I I don't understand. What is wrong with people? Yeah, me and my cousin were actually just talking about how one of our, like, great-grandma's gravestones were stolen. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, like, I don't... You guys already know. If you've you've been here for a while, you already know how I feel about grave robbing and grave people. Like, get out of the cemetery. Just stay out of there. Unless you're going to be respectful and pay your respects, just don't go. Why are you doing that? Right. And even people that go walking in the cemetery, that's fine, but... Kids that go in there and, like, kick You're weird if you go walking in the cemetery. Unless you have a loved one in that cemetery, you're weird. I stand by that. I think it's peaceful, <laughs> no, honestly. That's weird. <laughs> they did... They used to put Pokemon Go stops in cemeteries, but they stopped doing that. Thank God. hmm Yeah, because it caused a lot of people to go in there at night after they were closed. Like, people who are visiting cemeteries already have enough grief. Like, you do not need to go and be disrespectful to their loved ones. Like... It's ridiculous. Okay, so soon after the vandalization, in January of 1977, Lindy's family received notice that a letter was sent to the police station. This is a little hefty. It said, quote, Hi, Sheeler, which was the police chief. Just eats up your heart knowing you haven't caught me yet. Still around. Lindy's marker on her grave just turned me on like she did. And the way she looked all bloody, like the paint on her marker, the scratch and nick marks represent the knife stabs. Count them. You wondered if the guy at the gas station in Mountainville were related to the Beechler's murder. You forgot it, man. No way. I'll tell you what, Chief Pig. You print this letter in the paper along with a picture in Friday night's Lancaster paper and Saturday morning's paper, and I might confess. When I get off my trip... You see, the world owes me a living. Maybe I give you a few hints who I am. Got busted once for drugs a few years back. Live in West End of Lancaster suburbs. I am 5'10 tall, 205 pounds, fat and beautiful. And capable of killing again without knowing it. Was this... Okay, it wasn't a girl because you said that there was semen on the underwear. I just was confused about the fat and beautiful. Yeah. I mean, like, all for body positivity. Me too. Not in this I just case. was confused. <laughs> yeah. That, it that, seemed like it didn't belong. That was And weird. 200 pounds, I don't feel like, is very big for a man. Especially not 5'10". Right. 5'10". I mean, I don't know. I'm just a little bit confused. That doesn't seem fat. Maybe it was by 1976 standards. That could be true. Um, it goes on to say December 5th, 1975 was under the stupor of amphetamines like right now well educated man in the community single good job but god please chief help me i'm losing my mind help me before i kill again the headaches kill me every time it aches the drugs only calm it temporarily will god forgive me 
please print this chief in the paper so I know you got it. V, then I write you again. God, I need a priest. What have I done? Help me, please. Um, this is the bottom half of the paper. The top half had different handwriting than this half. <clears throat> so the last half reads, quote, P.S. Chief Sheeler, my friend has confessed to the killing of Lindy Sue Beachler. As God is my witness, do as he asks, print this letter on the front page. I am not aware of his intentions right now, but contemplating murder is not his intentions. He is mentally sick. When the letter appears, then he will turn himself in. He described the relationship he and Lindy had before he killed her. He only realizes it now when you're on drugs. You're not responsible for your actions. Please, he is asleep now. That's why I finished the letter. All I can tell you, my friend frequents Manor Shopping Center in the evenings and the fields around it, mostly weeknights. He will contact you very soon, and oh, when he does, please bring a Catholic priest to the police station, Janice Crumb, end quote. Now I know who Janice is. That made no sense. And the... I am so confused. I know. And I want you to know my heart is racing. Oh, I knew this was I don't know why, but this is so spooky to me. I know. Um, I don't feel like these cases scare other people nearly as much as they scare me. Well, everybody has their flaws. Like, my thing's like eyeballs. Eyeballs freak me out. But stuff, like, that grosses other people out doesn't faze me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true for me as well. Like, I feel like I do a lot better with, like, rage killings. Do not... They're not scary to me at all. Like, even, like, the gore does not, like, freak me out that much. But these kind of stories just really get me. Yeah. Well. It's okay. We have to talk about all kinds of stories. I'm just scared. Just lock lock your doors. All my doors and all my windows are locked at all times. I'm a psychopath because I'm a person, since I don't have any neighbor, like my backyard is a cow field. I will just, it'll be midnight and I'll just have my back door with the blinds open. Like, and it freaks Ian out. Oh, with the blinds? Yeah, like oh, I'll just have like the blinds. My blinds are never closed. Huh? I never close my blinds. But see, you don't have any neighbors. Neither do I. Well, my backyard doesn't have any. And it's fenced in. So I'm like, what is a cow going to look at me? Yeah. <laughs> but I will say. But if a murderer. <laughs> if I turn around and there's a man standing in my backyard, I will lose my ever loving mind. <laughs> um, But that, for some reason, doesn't freak me out to turn around. It freaks Ian out. But I don't know. I just. I'm lazy. Like you said, everybody's got the thing. Well. <laughs> was it Darian? It was Darian. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave this in. <laughs> Is he there? And then you walked right by and you scared the crap out of Dill. You do this every, I swear, every time. We're not expecting it. Love you. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I also love how you're like, this doesn't freak me out that bad. And then you jumped like a foot out of your chair. <laughs> like, he just walked by and he's like, and I was like, no. <laughs> Um, a couple bloggers like Michael Morford 
noticed similarities between this letter and the Zodiac Killer's style of letters. What? Are we just going to talk about the Zodiac Killer a lot? I feel like we just talked about the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, we just talked about how people think he's Ted Cruz. I think that was like an episode or two ago. Yeah, I think so too. Sorry. No, you're fine. Okay, um, similarities. But the Zodiac Killer was never truly, well, we talked about how people think there they were some it. researchers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's why so many people connect a lot of cases to him, because nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the Zodiac Killer is not one person, but a network of people, and that's why everybody thinks that they know who the Zodiac Killer is? That wouldn't shock me. It also wouldn't shock me if it was Ted Cruz. <laughs> I don't know why. I just... Do you even know Ted Cruz? No, I don't. <laughs> I've seen his daughter on TikTok one time, and I just want to know her thoughts on people thinking her dad's the Zodiac Killer. I just... I mean, I don't know him personally, but I just don't... I guess I need to hear the theories on why people think that It's just because he looks a lot like him. How do we know what he looks like? There's sketches. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm telling you, I don't know anything about the Zodiac Killer. We need an episode on the Zodiac Killer. Oh, definitely. So I can be included. I don't really know, like, a whole bunch about his, his case, so we can learn together. I mean, honestly, I don't really think they look too much alike, but... Yeah. I think people just don't like Ted Cruz. And so they just... That's probably it. They literally do not look alike. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ted Cruz is not the Zodiac Killer. You heard it here first. What about in this form? That's terrifying. <laughs> people really just don't like people Ted Cruz. People just don't like Ted Cruz, but I don't think that makes him a serial killer. Well, there might be more evidence that I just don't know about. Yeah. Again, that's possible because I do not know. There's so many conspiracy theories that are just popping up on Google. We'll deal with that in a different episode. Over the years, there were many potential suspects, but none checked out, though many believe the Zodiac Killer theory to be the most plausible. Really? hmm Wow. Police didn't publish the letter as they considered it to be a hoax, and the case went cold again. On October 30th of 1982, police questioned a man named Gerald Eugene Stando, who was a mass murderer, about Lindy's murder. He was arrested in April in Florida and said that he murdered at least 37 women. At the time of Lindy's murder, his father lived in the East Hampton Field Township, which I guess was near the area, but uh, it was ruled out and the case went cold again for another year until the Lancaster Intelligencer Journal reported that the district attorney's office paid $2,000, you're going to love this one, for two California-based psychics to evaluate the case. I just hate that we used to do that so much. I didn't know that the, I mean, I guess I did. I didn't know that the district attorney's office would, like, pay them. I usually thought it was just, like, families that did that, but, or, like, GoFundMes, but. That's so bizarre to me. I just feel like we know now that, I don't want to say 100% of the time, but almost 100% of the time, the things that they say are just nothing. I, like, I don't even know. I don't know what to say because I don't want to be rude because I know some people believe so deeply in that. But it has been proven time and time again that things that they say are not just not true. I'm trying to think because we've talked about this a handful of times and there's only been one and it was the little girl who the psychic did, like, was like, hey, like, she's, like... Really close, yeah. Yeah, which is, out of all the times that we've talked about psychics being involved, that was the only one that was, like... Yeah. 
Well, and accurate. obviously, I mean, they haven't been involved in every single case that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard about it just in general life. And I just feel like people prey on the vulnerable. And mm-hmm. the loved ones in these cases are almost always feeling vulnerable because they just want answers. And I feel like people just want money, so they're going to lie and say what you want to hear. And I just don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, there are some, I mean, there are definitely people that, like, on TikTok that will exploit Mm -hmm. money from grieving people. And I know there are some people out there that, like, truly are, like, trying to help people. And that's a different thing. But it's, like, when there's this one lady on TikTok and, like, she's just, like, so rude to all the people. But, like... And if they try to be like, and she she charges like hundreds of dollars of yeah. every, I don't know, 10 minutes or something like that. And like, if you try to like, there have been people that posted, like, if you try to be like, well, that's not right. She'll be like, no, no, honey, this is what they're saying. Like, you're, they're the ones talking, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, they said it wasn't right. So yeah, that's strange. Yeah. So the psychics gave the investigator a description of Lindy's murderer They said that he had dark skin or olive-toned skin. He had a tattoo on his arm and dark or brown hair and eyes. How do we know that? That's what the psychic said. That's what the psychic said. Okay. I thought they were telling the psychic so the psychic could find information. I got you. No, but they did say that that description matched up with um, that serial rapist that we had mentioned earlier. Okay. But again, he had been killed. Oh, and they didn't find a connection. Yeah, there was no... It wasn't really that he was rolled out. It's that they didn't have any reason to believe that it was him. Right. Okay. This is where uh, Lindy's case runs cold again. Until December of 2007, when Mike Little, who was Lindy's half-brother, he decided to put up billboards on Route 30 near Route 283, asking for tips about his sister's murder. Um, He had, like, been seeing how other cold cases were being solved and he was like let's yeah start this over again you know what i'm saying it's worth a try right so um so from the billboards no leads really came from this and as of this year the case of lindy's beachler beachler has been cold for over 45 years wow that was until sunday (gasps) oh i love these on july 17th when 68 year old david sinopoli was taken into custody on sunday morning and charged with the 1975 murder of 19 year old lindy sue beachler really Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna read this excerpt um from lawandcrime.com because the whole dna stuff is confusing and i don't want to mess it up yeah um so how they found this was quote In January 2019, the DA's newly formed cold case unit took over the investigation and submitted the unknown male DNA profile to Parabon Nanolabs, a Virginia-based company that specializes in providing phenotyping services to law enforcement agencies. The lab analyzes the DNA using its snapshot advanced DNA analysis and provided investigators with phenotypes revealing the characteristics such as skin tone, eye color, and hair color. Continuing with further genetic genealogy analysis, Parabon, in December of 2020, quote, ultimately identified Sinopoli 
through his Italian ancestry as a possible person of interest. I am almost sure that that means one of his relatives took a DNA test, but again, I'm not 100% yeah. sure how all this stuff works. But on February 11th of 2022, investigators serpentitiously obtained DNA from Sinopoli from a coffee cup. He used this coffee cup and threw it into a trash can before traveling the Philadelphia International Airport. Jeez. The coffee cup was taken and submitted to DNA Labs International for testing. And in April of 2022, it was determined that the DNA on the coffee cup contained a mixture of DNA with one male contributor. The release stats of an analysis by the Pittsburgh-based genetics lab Cybergenetics concluded that the DNA on Spinoli's cup and the DNA identified in the semen on Lindy's underwear had a match statistic around 10 trillion. Last month, a blood splatter expert who identified two blood spots from the exposed part of Lindy's pantyhose, which were analyzed and determined to be consistent with the DNA profile obtained from the semen on her underwear. And so that's how they got their guy. Um, He's been charged, but obviously this just happened like two days ago. Mm -hmm. So all of the um, courts and trials and stuff like that haven't happened yet. So he hasn't been convicted, but authorities urge anyone with information relevant to Lindy's murder or anyone who's familiar with this Sinopoli guy during December 1975 to contact Lancaster County Detective Christopher Erb at 717-299-8100. Um, I, I believe I found Lindy's husband, Philip on Facebook. And I believe it's him, but his profile was kind of locked down. Um, but it seems that he was at one point a pastor and um, now has his own like metalworking kind of like architecture business. Her parents... I know for sure her mom has passed away. I couldn't find anything on her brother, which kind of surprises me. And I don't know if I just didn't see anything because it seemed that he was very much invested in. Yeah, he was willing to pay the money for billboards for sure. Right. And so maybe I just haven't seen. I'm sure he will come out with a statement of some sort. But yeah, so that was the once cold case for over 45 years and now solved case of... Lindy Sue Beachler. I thought when you started telling me the story that that was what was going to happen. Like, I thought that it was going to be something else where they had just solved it a couple days ago because nine times out of ten, you pick stories that are, like, relevant to hear or their requests. Mm-hmm. And the story was not relevant and it was not a request. Because if it's a request, we always say in the beginning. You're finding out my tactics. I know. <laughs> and so it was like, this is a story that she just saw that she was interested in. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) And I was like, that means it's probably just been solved. I saw um, 45-year-old cold case solved by coffee cup. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to read that article. I mean, people, like, sometimes detectives, police officers, law enforcement, whoever they are, are very serious. Like, I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. And I do just want to say, like, with the I-55, I'm dyslexic, but I think it was the I-55 killer where it had just been solved... It's one of those things where it was very hard to, because a lot of these cases don't get a lot of recognition until 
mm-hmm. they are solved. And then everybody's like scrambling for information. So it was pretty hard. And I, I know there was a couple variants of stories. I really hope I got everything down correctly. But um, yeah, I mean, I like you said, at, at least last time you were like, every article that I've read was like updated an hour ago, updated mm-hmm. 12 hours ago, updated, you know, like literally right before you read it. And so everybody's like got this getting the same story or like trying to find the story all at the same time so that's got to be confusing yeah my my tip to any other people that want to research it if you want to hear the stories just put your search history from like (laughs) any time until like last month (laughs) that's what i did because like if you just type in her name, then it's all like breaking news cases. Oh, I see. That's very smart. Yeah, that was like that's what I did on the other one too because it was like you type it in, and all of the, all of the articles are just like, hey, Brand new, yeah, yeah, hey, you know, it's probably girl, just like one sentence. Really, it really was. It was like, hey, this girl was murdered in this year, and they just found the killer and just solved it. So, um, that's a very good tip, Jill. Thank you. Last week, we got a tip from me about taking a video <laughs> if you see somebody that's missing. This week, we get a tip from Jill about how to be a podcaster. Yeah. Allegedly. I really like hearing about stories that just got solved. I think that is very cool. I do think that we should try and keep up on it, just like we have with some of the other ones. And, like, if there's any major updates, we can share them. I just looked up the Cassidy Rainwater one, and... There's no convictions yet. Yeah. I try to keep up with yeah. all of the new ones. Unfortunately, the justice system is slow. incredibly slow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, I think we should keep up with it. But thank you very much for sharing this story. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed. If you haven't already, please follow our social media accounts. Um, if you guys want to listen to another episode of our podcast, we will be back together next Thursday with a new episode. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.